Hello, friends. Thanks for joining us again. This is the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Eubanks. Today is a privilege. We get to be back after a week off. We took Labor Day week off. Scotty and I got to spend time with our friends and family, and it was fantastic. We have uh, an awesome privilege today, though. We, we got to sit down with Ryan Webster, uh, lead pastor at Larned Assembly of God, LAG, in Larned, Kansas. Uh, he's a good friend. He's an awesome pastor, such a pastor's heart. Really does have a, a father's heart for not only his flock, but just this next generation. He's uh, doing some big, big things in Larned, Kansas. Um, and we get to twist his ear a little bit about his heart for ministry, his passion for people. And it was a privilege. So we're going to play that for you here pretty soon. But I wanted to give you a quick rundown, too. We're, we're growing. Our, our, listen, our listeners are growing. Our platform is growing. And it's all thanks to you guys. Thank you for sharing these podcasts. Thank you for getting these episodes out to your friends. It's, a, it's an honor and a privilege, it really is, to be able to sit down and do this. We get to, every week, carve out time to get together, and we really want to try to keep these episodes uh, relevant. We want to make them interesting. We like to have interesting things to talk about. We like to sit down with interesting people and just discuss all things kingdom. Like, we're very passionate about the kingdom, and as this podcast grows, as a listenership grows, so does this message of the kingdom of God. And we're excited about that. So thank you so much. So I want to remind you again to rate, review, subscribe, and share on any platform that you that you listen to podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, Podbean. We recently sent out a request to be on uh, Google Play. So we sent in our uh, request for that. And they are looking over our pod- podcast now to see if they want to put that in their, in their stream. And we believe that's coming soon. So I don't know if anybody listens to Google play that's hearing my voice right now, but we're going to be available on that very soon. And we're still available on YouTube. So check out our YouTube channel. It's at the kingdom bringer podcast on YouTube. Uh, check us out on Facebook, man. If you're friends of ours, thank you so much. We love you guys. Uh, we post kind of photos every week. We post the, the new episode every week on our, on our Facebook page. That's at KB podcast. So check that out. If you haven't followed us or haven't liked us on these social media platforms, go do so go on iTunes and give us a rate and review five-star rating would be awesome. And just tell us what you think of the podcast so far. So we rely on that stuff, uh, just to see who's listening, to see what you guys want to hear. And again, you can give us your questions and comments. You can email us at thekingdombringers at gmail.com. That's thekingdombringers at gmail.com. We would love to get some dialogue going with you guys. So if you have anything to say, any questions, any comments, any encouragement, anything that maybe you have a guest, maybe you have a friend or a, a pastor or a family member that you'd like us to interview and have on the podcast, Shoot us an email. Let us know who that is. Uh, we would love to just have that interaction with you guys. So I think that's it. I think that's all the spiel. I'm privileged and I'm honored to be able to have Ryan Webster on here. He's an amazing friend. 
He's an amazing man, a husband and a father. Uh, he's a father in the in the natural, but he's such a father in the spiritual. He's fathered me on many occasions, and he's just a guy that I can go to for for love and support and encouragement and correction. He's had to correct me a couple times, and that's good. We welcome that. So without further ado, here it is, our interview with the Reverend Ryan Webster. so cool it's like wow we did a thing in school about that uh about how trash cans simulate like thunder oh yeah like they would beat trash cans and stuff i don't remember what movie it was from but there's a lot of regular sometimes they have those like sheets of metal too and they yeah yeah go like that and yeah makes that noise okay i'm recording i've been recording for a little bit all right so i got scotty's little trash can story it's good thanks you just had to do what the heck (laughs) i said no more singing especially toby (laughs) whack ryan webster from larned assembly of god it is good to have you on sir it's good to be here i've enjoyed listening to you guys do this for several weeks now all right you got one person that has enjoyed this that's good. So I can't be your fan? I want to be your fan. Yeah, you can you'd be the president of the fan club. How about that? Sign me up. That work? KB, I'm the KB president. Yeah. That Scotty. Works. What's up? How's your week been, man? Well, it's only Monday, so it's been amazing. Good. Still got, still got a couple more days left. Still got a Sunday to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> man, those, those five days off or six days off in between really can get hectic. And here yeah, I am yeah. again, sitting with two pastors. <laughs> so we only work one day a week, right, brother? Yeah, exactly. I, I know. It's exactly. tough. Darren, Darren has established this like weeks ago that I only work one day a week. So He works one day a week, and it's really cool because I like to surround myself with pastors because they all have to be above reproach. <laughs> and I'm kind of a hold you accountable kind of guy. Yeah, you, you mention that every week. And I don't have to be held accountable because <laughs> I'm not a pastor, so... Not everybody gets We're to drive good. around in a cool yellow van. Though. That's exactly right. Or a motorcycle or have a chauffeur. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan Ryan pulls up to my house. And I remember last week when I was talking to him about coming on, he, he kept saying, we'll be there. And I was just assuming it was him and Rachel for some reason. And he made the comment, my driver and I. <laughs> and I still thought he meant Rachel. And then he said something about Jared. And I was like, poor guy. <laughs> He's getting he's getting uh, wrangled into being the, the chauffeur driver for. He only works on Wednesdays, so I got to give him something <laughs> to do. This guy sitting here is probably the closest thing I know to a celebrity pastor in Southwest Kansas. Oh yeah, not even close. And you, you should have saw he was he was sitting in there and he did not get out of the door. Jared had to come <laughs> open the door up for Who's him. He's above reproach now. Time out. <laughs> oh, it's so waiting good. for the lightning to strike. Mm. <laughs> no, he Ryan, did. I'm I'm thankful, bro, to have you on. I've been wanting to have you on for a while, and it worked out i was actually willing to pack up shop and head to your place but i know how much you love coming back home dude i love coming to dodge i like seeing the change i it's still home no matter what no matter how long you uh we've been away dodge is still home to us it's a place i was born place my daughter was born yeah it's home 
How long did you live here? We we moved in uh, July of 2003 is when we left okay. Dodge officially okay. and, and moved to Larned. So I was born in 1972, just shy of 30. So, so Larned was your first head pastor position, correct? Correct. It's the only. Dang. It's the only. Look at this guy. Not just the first. Look at this guy. He's, right. He is he is like, you got to be making like millions by now, right? Isn't that how it works? Truth. Isn't that how it works? <laughs> With inflation, give or take? How do you think I have a driver? <laughs> Man, that's good. No, that's good. I We've got so many things that I want to like talk to you about. Um, you, I want to say this first, just kind of as an introduction for myself. I went through a rough spot about six months ago or so. And is it six months? Hold on. How long ago was I going through a rough patch? Let me think. Carry the two. Carry yeah, the, it was like six days. It's been a while. It's been a while. And man, you were really there for me. And you were you were an ear on the other end of the line and uh kind of a a spiritual shoulder that I could cry on for sure and needed some wisdom. And I heard after the fact that you kinda rounded up some guys in my life too and encouraged them to do the same thing and that was maybe <laughs> that was uh something i heard about very recently and so that explains for me a little bit about who you are you're a guy that cares for people there's a reason why you are um pastoring a church for sure and leading a flock like god trusts you to to lead people and you're proving it so thank you i want to thank you for for just being that dude for me man and, uh, yeah, I can tell you this, the minute I met you, I knew God connected our hearts together and, yeah. uh, I don't feel any different today than I did whenever that was. It was yeah. Was that June last, of last summer, year? Last yeah. summer. Yeah. Last summer. Yeah. Two summers ago. Sheesh. We're getting old. Yeah. So we were, we were putting together and kind of planning the revi- the first revival. Right. And Ryan was one of the speakers at the revival and I knew of Ryan Years ago when I was, uh, I don't know, I was young, 20-something probably, really into youth ministry at the time, and I was aware of of this cool, hip youth pastor in Dodge City back when I was in Jetmore, and um, I, I kind of ran. I worked with, uh, what's their names? Uh, John Stevens. Right. Yeah, that's right. John Akira. John right? Akira, yeah. I worked I worked with them. I did, I actually, I also did uh, concert promotions. Right. And so I kind of helped them and supported them with their music. And I knew that they, did they attend yeah, they, a youth group? They, were they helping? Or? They helped on the worship team. Yeah. Uh, attended church as well. Love those guys. Benjamin too. Was he yeah, there? Oh yeah. Ben. Yeah. Yeah. So was their family a part of that church? Relatives were. Yeah. That's how, that's how we got connected. He okay. had some relatives there. But man, you're, you're making me yeah. really go back. I'm just trying to showcase how old of a man... <laughs> You are. I just turned 46 <laughs> a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, so that's good. I'm starting to feel it. That's good. And so I don't know, Scott, did you know him before? I, I met Ryan for the first time personally when when the, revi- when the revival was, the planning was going yeah. you know, for the yeah. revival. And that was, so that was at the same time or no? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. I just yeah. assumed that you knew him. Well, that's the first before. time that I had met him, but I'd. I just knew of him. And right. I, you know, I'd heard the name. Yeah. I mean, he's been a celebrity pastor for more than five yeah, years. for sure. So I'd heard the name, but I, have a I never met the guy. You can't go through, like, books of church history without <laughs> knowing like there, who there's, Ryan there's Webster Spurgeon, is. There's Spurgeon, and yes. then, like, Ryan's 
a notch below. About two notches Charles below. Charles Finney, you know, <laughs> right around that area. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, to get just serious for a moment. <laughs> like, I felt the same thing about you, man, when I met you for the first time. Like, you just you just exude the love of the Father, man. You you know you know his heart, and I, it was it was cool to see um, God kind of connect the dots with Kingdom people um, through that that first just yeah just time together, man. And as I sat in that meeting and I heard Ryan talk and I, and I knew that he was a Dodge kid, like back in the day, a Dodge kid, but I never assumed like, until I heard your message, man, like when you started off, I could see the emotions just billowing up in you when you said, this is my home. And I, and I, and I was wondering if you were going to get even into the, cause you were really get, but it was cool to see the support from people, man, like from his past, like he maybe hadn't seen in a while, like people that knew him growing up and seeing what he's, he's doing now. And just to see Dodge city kind of rally around this thing that, wow, this is a name that we know. This is a kid that we know, and we're excited to see what he has to bring. So it, it was really cool to just to get to experience that with you, man, for sure. It, it, it really was a surreal moment. I grew up around that rodeo my whole life. Uh, my grandfather and father helped design and build it. And, and uh, that's, that's my family background is, is that company. And, uh, I had always begged my dad to let me rodeo and I always wanted to be down in that arena. And, uh, oh, thank you, brother. <laughs> that was a surreal moment was standing there in front of the crowd and, uh, just coming back home. Mm. It just, it's, that's truly how it felt like it was coming back home, standing in that arena, Without a cowboy hat, <laughs> yeah, I think you had that same Chiefs hat. I was on. getting ready to I say he had a red did. shirt too. I did. I, I, I think I, it was I, this outfit. That's cool. That's <laughs> I think cool. it was this. I outfit. think it was exactly that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I don't stray far. That's, That's funny. good, man. Um, I, I just I wanted to dig into a little bit of that, man. Those people and those those places when you were growing up here, like, right. man. I know there was people that influenced you to to want to just chase chase Jesus and, and to just note that he, he wanted to land you somewhere. And we'll talk about learning it after a bit, but like sure. for, for this region, for when you were growing up here, man, like who were some of those people that stewarded that responsibility of that gifting they saw in you? You know, and I'll, I'll, the re- reality was, it was my own family, my father, especially, but the pastors that God had put over me, even in my ministry, Uh, I remember the first time I was probably 11, uh, and a pastor in my church recognized something that was going on inside of me and he wanted to, to pull that, draw that out of me. So we began to meet on a regular basis and he helped me formulate my first sermon. I wow. still, you know, going back to his on first Corinthians 13. I mean, what better thing to talk about than, than love, but he pulled that out of me as a pastor. And I think, I think that's one of the greatest gifts that we get to do today as pastors is to recognize the giftings that are Mm -hmm. in other people and help draw that out, pull that out uh, of them. So uh, that pastor, uh, Pastor Rick Plumley was his name. And then Pastor David Graves, uh, I could say that he still pastors here, man. Talk about a a troubadour. He's been there a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry if you're hearing this, I'm not calling you old either. (laughs) Uh, But even him, uh, 
giving giving me my first shot and his brother Richard was another person that truly poured into my life if it wasn't for the Graves family I don't know that I would be in ministry wow. today because uh, his brother Richard uh he was a the youth pastor there uh for quite a while and he began to pour his life inside of me and I remember truly going to uh Wheat State camp and uh I was a psychologist then uh and we had an incident that changed my life. A young man from our church uh, had died uh, right after coming home from camp. But during that time is when I truly felt uh, the Holy Spirit asking me if I wanted to be a part of what he was doing in ministry. Mm-hmm. And it was all through that whole situation. But it was those people that were pouring into my life. And, and the other thing is that uh, my own father truly because of the love that he sh- showed my brother and I, uh, I truly believe that I have a, a deep understanding of what the love of the father mm. means. And never, I mean, I'm, I'm 46 years old. My dad will be 70 this year. I still kiss the man. That's it's, awesome. it's, it's, uh, and I, I'm not afraid to kiss other dudes because of that. It's horrible, but I'm all for it. Greet each other with a holy kiss. Amen. Yeah, man. It's not Come on the lips. I'll give them on the head or something <laughs> like that. But, yeah. uh, no, those, those, those mentors were so important in my life. My own, my grandfather, my grandfather was one of my heroes. Uh, but just, if it wasn't for those men pouring into my life, I mm. wouldn't be where I'm at today for sure. Yeah, that, that's huge because it. I'm just, as he's talking. I'm just. I'm. I'm picturing this generational blessing over his life from his father and his grandfather and his grandfather's father. Just a line of. And I mean, you can label it as a line of pastors or whatever you want, but like it's anointed men that know their job as a father to steward that's right. and, and and put their family in a, in a place of holiness, uh, leading them to Jesus and sh- and showing them the love of the Father. That's awesome, man. Not many people can say this, but uh, my daughter was fifth generation in the same church. Whoa. My great-grandfather, grandfather, father, me, and my daughter, all in the same church, all in Dodge City. Talk about the generational uh, pass down of what God's doing in people's lives. But yeah, fifth generation in the same church. Man, that's awesome. That's so cool. I went to, um, my wife and I went and visited uh, your church a couple times. Yeah, a couple times. I remember the last, the first time we went was on a. You guys meet on Sunday evenings, too. Yeah, yeah. First one's a Sunday evening. The second one we came on a Sunday morning. I remember leaving there. I, I know it isn't about numbers, and we've talked about that before. But we, I left there, and dude, you had people hanging off the rafters like it was packed (laughs) in this little church. And I remember telling her this is the first time that I've experienced a full house in a long time from a from I one remember of, you telling me from that one of the churches because I've I've been to a lot of churches I've traveled and kind of there was a kind of a, a season in my life when we were we didn't have really a home church and we were kind of just going around and supporting right. people and loving on churches and I'm telling you what bro we walked into that place and it was packed the people wanted to be there right and it was so it was so refreshing to like man there's there's actually people that enjoy going to church mm. I'm a church kid man you know, I grew up going to church. I love, I love the church. I do. Right. And it breaks my heart to see it dwindle and see. So numbers do, I'm sorry, numbers do mean something. It does prove if there's numbers there that there's something there that's drawing them there. You know what I mean? 
healthy church has numbers, period. Yeah. I mean, if something is healthy, it's growing. There and you go. I, we, we've always had that as a, one of our personal philosophies. So you think about a relationship between a husband and a wife, a healthy relationship has reproduction ability. That's the same way I, I believe a church is. And, and even going back to what Jesus spoke over Peter, this is how strongly I feel about the church is that the gates of hell is not going to prevail against what he established to mm-hmm. bring his word, to bring his gospel, to show his love. And so we, we embrace that whole idea of what be fruitful and multiply. Hello. <laughs> come on. Yeah, that's good. That's really good, man. Can you give me a little bit like what, as, as the leader of that house, you've been there for what? 15 years, 15 years, 15, man, that's that in itself, I think speaks so many volumes. Mm-hmm. Because it's crazy. I've, I've had friends come and go. I've seen so many pastors come and go, burn out. Yeah. And I'm not saying you don't have stressful seasons and hard times, but what, what, what's been the key so far for your longevity in that house? What would you say is, is the no, key it's for a, Ryan it's a, it's a great question. It's a great question, actually. Yeah, it is a good one. And I'm the one that asked it. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> I think ultimately comes down to this is knowing where God's called you to be. And until he tells you to leave, you are to establish the territory, take back the things that the enemy has stolen and be where he has planted you. Because, uh, uh, you know, my favorite Psalm is Psalm one, because when we plant ourselves by that river, what happens? Uh, We are leaves never wither. We have fruit and we prosper. Wow. So if you are a tree and you plant, in fact, that's the, that's our emblem. That's our, uh, what do they call that? Our brand yeah. is a tree. And it goes back to that Psalms is that we know that we're planted. It proves to our community. We we're, we're the, we're here. We're not just a come in, mess some things up and leave. But I believe that the growth that we've experienced, uh, you can go back to the longevity, not just of me, but my entire team. I've got a, a children's pastor that's been there uh, 13 years. Mm. Uh, and and I would say we have established one of the greatest children's ministry. Uh, I, I tell people all the time, the greatest one in the Assemblies of God in the state of Kansas, yeah, uh, because awesome. I think that highly of her. But uh, the, the simple key is this, love people and your community. Um, the, the time that I, I can go back and look and recognize when our church changed was the moment that they allowed me to pastor a community instead of a congregation. Mm. Does that make sense? And, uh, uh, from that moment, that was about 2007. I remember I was, I was doing a funeral for a a person that had lived in Lorna their whole life. And I was doing it in another church and there were three, 400 people there. And it was like, at that moment, I knew God was getting ready to stir. And it was when the church said, all right, it's time that we truly go into the places where God's called us to. And that's our community. And now it's moved from a, a community impact to a regional impact. We believe that God's called us to a region. And we've, we've got a strategic map that we've developed. The, I don't know why 40 miles, uh, but we, we truly have people. We have people driving from Hoisington, Claflin, uh, Lewis, St. John, all over to be a part of what God's doing in the church and in mm-hmm. the people. So, but again, it all goes back to love. I'm one of those crazy guys that believes that love is one of the spiritual gifts that God's given to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can we can have all these wonderful things that the Holy Spirit has done and given to us, but if we don't have love, 
I mean, I, this is my picture. It's that that monkey, that wind up monkey with his symbols going clang, 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 clang. That's, that's how I see some churches that they're that's going good. to that place where we, they become this monkey that's clanging, but that's with good. love. Mm-hmm. That's good. So that 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 to me is the ultimate secret, if there is a secret. But love is Jesus loved. Well, we're getting to see. What we're getting to see too is like the Jared Smiths that are rising up. You know, you're getting to exactly. see like, like these the people that he's stewarded. You know, their gifting, and then and then you saying like as the spiritual head of the house, basically you're you're just saying, all right, man, now now you're equipped in this, it's yours, or or the or the children's minister, or because when you came in, I'm sure it looked different. I'm I'm sure the church looked twenty twenty some people. See, see that that that's the fruit of a man. That's that's the good fruit of you being obedient to Holy Spirit and allowing Him. One of the things Darren said when he went was he felt like everybody in that church had a role. Everybody in there had a place, and they knew their place, and they knew their lane, and they did it well, and it was all for the glory of God, and it all came together. It happened to be whatever time you have in service there. It all just comes together, and I right. believe, and I want to say with that, I I, I went there. A couple months back with my dad, maybe it was this time last year, I went and saw you on a, it was a random, I was looking at him, looking for a motorcycle and he had, they had one in Lorna, so I, I stopped in and got to hang out with Jared for a little bit. But one thing I noticed about that house is when I walked in there, the spirit of the Lord was in there and it was empty. There wasn't a, per, you know, oh, there wasn't good. a person in there besides him and I, and may, maybe somebody downstairs or something, but um, leaving that atmosphere open and stewarding for the presence of God to be there is vital because I was thinking about the monkey thing that you were talking about, and we can do all these things and make right. it sound really good, or maybe it doesn't even sound good, but at the end of the day, if we're not stewarding the room to the presence of God for his love to be poured out, then, I mean, we've all experienced that, where you can walk into places, you can go, just the aroma from heaven is there, like yeah. in the spirit, like you just, wow, this is this is a place where they just... They get on their faces before God, and they they just they allow Him to do the things that He wants to do in the moment. And I really felt that when we walked into your place, man. I was just like, but I think the key word that you said there is steward. Yeah, uh, I I refer back to this a lot, but uh, I love uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy and mm-hmm. the second movie, the steward of Gondor. He was supposed to take care of the kingdom until. The third movie, which is The King Returns. And I think that's the whole thing mm. that we forget sometimes as as uh, people of his way, is that we're stewarding what he has until the king returns. And I yeah. think that's too often we want to go consume things, but I believe that God's called us. And I think that's, you understand this as a pastor, you understand this as a lifelong person here in, in Dodd City that we're, we're called to, <laughs> you laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty's a pastor. I'm a lifelong person. <laughs> That's so good. I I receive I receive that role, Jesus. That is funny. I will be a lifelong person. That's your gift, Lord. bro. Okay. So good. You're good. I got you. Go. You operating in the prophetic gifting because you've yeah. spoken that into my life many times. You both, it's not just you, it's you and your wife. That's yeah. that's the thing that I yeah, love. You, you're doing that t- together. Um but we're to steward a move of God that's taking care of it until he comes back. And I, and I, I believe that we're to occupy until he comes. It's mm-hmm. a, the, the word occupy is that military term. Uh, and a lot of times it's like, oh, just take up space. No, that's not it. We're supposed to go after territory. Mm-hmm. Occupy, go and take that, go and take that. Um, I am a, a fighter status quo 
I, I don't like status quo uh, um, because the word status quo comes from the Latin term status quo ante. It's the way it existed before the war. I don't ever want to go back to the way it was before mm-hmm. the war. I want to go after what God has called us to do now. And sometimes that means going into new territory. So, mm-hmm. no, I, th- that's the way I feel. I can call you the person, but I know I got, I'm, I'm sitting yes. next to a pastor and a prophet. So it's, yeah, it's all it's good. good. It's good. It's good. I love you. <laughs> Dude, you have no idea how much love I have for you for sure what a couple things we're going to go a couple different directions here coming up okay one of the things that you were really there for me we, we had some good discussion about um, this generation I believe there's a very powerful generation of yes. leaders yes that God has uh, given authority to given power to they're going after the things of God. They're going after um, Holy Spirit. They're going after the gifts. They're going after all that, all that stuff. But I think that there's a place for um, fathering that is yes. very needed. Yes. And I think I refreshed my memory on the term that I use, but I said something about this is a, a fa- fatherless generation or a Agreed. It, it is a fatherless yeah, yeah, generation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're making my brain work too hard. No, but you're good. It is a fatherless generation. Yeah. And I'm not not just not just a physical fatherhood, because we're all capable of fathering children in the physical, but I think we're a fatherless generation spiritually. Uh, there's an entire generation that's coming up that haven't had men and women pour into their life, pastors, prophets, if you will, that are willing to pour into the lives of this. There's some, and I don't want to bash it all because I think we can get into the bashing thing, but we're, there's a generation that if we're not careful, then the one that follows that's not going to know who God is. And it's our responsibility. That's, this is all on our watch right now. So where do you think that the ball was dropped? How do you think the ball was dropped or was the ball dropped? I don't think it's dropped yet because Christ hasn't came back yet. It's a, until that moment happens, I think then we're, 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 we're in this place where the church is, I, I truly believe there's another, I mean, we hear this a lot. Revival is a dangerous thing to word, but I think there's another worldwide revival that's coming and it's going to come because of this fatherless generation, spiritually fatherless that are craving something more than the phones that they're looking at, the games that they're playing, something more than Fortnite. They, they, they truly need a move of the Holy spirit. And I think they're going to usher it in because there's this insatiable hunger that I think the father is building up and people don't even realize it. So, uh, to, to, to pinpoint, I don't know. I think I guess the, what would you, what would you suggest then? Because there's still leaders in this. And I say this area cause that's where we're called. Like, right. Absolutely. We're called. I mean, there's, they're everywhere, but in this, in this region, in this area, I see so many young guys ready to go for it, but they're going for it alone without a father, without mm. a mentor in their life speaking into that. What? Cause they may not be there. No, that's those that's fathers a, and those mentors may not be available right. to them. What's your suggestion? But I think, I think that's where we have to allow the Holy spirit to father us. He's the ultimate father. First and foremost, if Jesus could, you know, I, I think sometimes we forget the, the most important moments in Jesus ministry weren't with the crowd. It wasn't even with the disciples. It was the time that he took to be with the father so that the father could speak with, speak with him, speak to him. And even going to what Christ said, he said, I don't do anything yeah. unless the father tells me, 
to do it. So Boom. I, th- I think in, in the midst of what we're, we're, if we call it a crisis, if we call it a spiritual crisis, it's still, there's that opportunity that we can hear from the ultimate father, but we have to position ourselves. Yeah. And most people aren't willing to position mm-hmm. themselves to hear from the father. And sometimes that means getting alone, just doing what mm-hmm. Jesus did. How many times did he have to go away to hear from the father? So he knew what was next. So I believe that there, there's an issue of position, uh, not authority position, but positioning ourselves. Yeah. Uh, Habakkuk chapter two, what did he say? He said, I set myself on the rampart to hear what the Lord would say to me. He went to the highest place on the wall. And I think sometimes we get away from that. There's so many distractions that are going on in the world today, uh, that keep us from those, uh, uh, closet moments, wall moments, rampart moments to hear from the father. So I think it's a matter of positioning ourselves to hear what he's saying. And I think that's good too, because if, if I really care about that quote unquote deficit, if I believe that's a deficit that's going on, right. That deficit will continue if something's not done about it. Right. And so I feel like with what you're saying is it's important for us. Maybe we, maybe we are fatherless right now. It's important for us to start positioning ourselves as sons. Right. So that we can father the next generation. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Cause I can't father unless I know that I'm a son. Unless it's always been about the next generation. Yeah. It's always been about the next generation. I mean, even, even if that wasn't upheld the previous generation, it's still all about the next. Absolutely. And, and it's our job to steer the boat. Yeah, I mean, as the church, as the bride, it's our job to steer this big boat in the direction that the Holy Spirit's calling you us. Bet. And it's always he's always in a position to father. And Ryan hit it, man, when he said, you know, position. Mm-hmm. I preach position probably at least twice every Sunday. Mm-hmm. You have to position yourself to hear from him. And you only do that by spending alone time with him. That's right. Jesus said that the word says that he often withdrew to lonely places. Like you said, away from the crowds, away from the people, away from the disciples. Now, most of the time, they were always running him down and trying to figure out where he was. But he was constantly trying to get alone for those wee hours of the night so he could have alone time with his dad. And I think we have to do the same thing. I I constantly talk about the secret place at church. I'm like, if you don't have a secret place, you better get one. That's right. And I don't care like if it takes you just sitting down your family as a father and saying, honey, I need 15 minutes. Like, I need these 15 minutes when I get home to get in my closet, to get with the Lord, and then, you know what? I can function better as my role in this house if I'm receiving my role from Him well. That's right. And I I just, I really, man, I honor that. I think that there's a, there's a, but what you're seeing is a culture now that start, you're seeing the tide shift. You're seeing a culture that understands that. that Yes. All intimacy that I give to somebody else has to come from Him first, or it's not real love. I can manufacture it. I can try to make it, but it's not real love if it's not from the father, right? We chase all these things that really we think are love that end up being just things. But if we have, if we want and we desire to give love, we have to learn to be loved, be loved to be loved. And I, and I really honor that with you, man. I know like, I just see that in you. I see that in the culture that you guys have cultivated at, at Larned, man, that it's a culture of love. And that's, that's what it takes. That's really what it takes. That That is a, it, we have a five-fold mission statement, and the number one word is loving. Because if it's not there, we might as well hang up, uh, quit doing what we're doing. And that uh, that truly was modeled to me by my father. And I think that's why I operate uh, in love and understanding love. I mean, and we all, I know I'm sitting around the prophet and the pastor here, but uh, we understand that 
our word love, even in America today, has so many different <laughs> meanings, right? Yeah. I, dude, dude I, love, I love pizza. I love cheeseburgers. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> See? <laughs> and, and you love your wife. I love that new song. Exactly. Yeah. No, and so we, we tend to worship things that don't have the same value as what the Father is loving. Mm. And so when we understand what the Father loves, then we can embrace the Father because we're we're getting in those moments. My, my kids know, my wife knows, and you're going to laugh at this, my closet is my truck. You know, when I come home after a long day, <laughs> Sundays, since we only work once yeah. a day, right? Are you with yeah. me? Exactly. It's, I, a he- it's a heavy workload on that dude. Day. I'm telling you. So it will. Yeah, it is. I, I take a nap every Sunday, dude. Oh, there you Thank go. you. Thank you, Jesus, <laughs> for that. Jesus napped, right? Uh, but I spend 10 to 15 minutes in my truck before I ever get out and go into the house because I got to be ready to pour out to mm-hmm. my kids. And I think that's, uh, Jared and I were talking about it on the way over here. We see so many pastors, kids who are wrecked because of the lack of fathering that they were receiving. And that was one of the, if there was anything that would have prevented me from going into ministry uh, was, was that one fact because I knew God had called me to be a husband and a father long before he ever called me to be a pastor. Mm. And so uh, that, that is, I don't call speak out of fear or anything, but that has been my number one goal is Lord, let people see the love that I have for my wife and the love that I have for my family, for my children, especially. And out of that love, then everything else can flow. Because if I'm missing the most important thing that God's given to me in my life, and I've told my church this so many times, if they wouldn't let me be a husband or a dad, I wouldn't be there. Mm. Period. Like like today, I'm I'm going to a football game. You know, and I realize that my family knows there are moments that are, uh, that emergencies dictate places that we have to be. But at the end of the day, the most important investment that we are making is into our children, whether it's mm-hmm. spiritual children or physical children. And I think out of that, truly, the heart of the church is wow coming out. That's convicting, man. I Darren and I talked a little bit about this two weeks ago. Yeah, about a trip we took, and my son. You know, he, he had some hard time with that. He called me. So what, why did you take, go to the lake with your friends, but you haven't taken me to the lake? Boom. Yeah. So I, I was like, I really was like, man, God, I, I'm sorry. Help me, help me steward his heart better. Help me be a better father to him. That's good. And then, you know, we, we got away a couple weeks later. We went on a little fishing trip and, um, but it, it wasn't about that one event. He just wanted his dad, man. Yeah, because you know? I do. I do like. I don't know if you remember Jason Getz's response to that for you. Yeah. I thought was really good. It, it was basically it's a teaching moment too, son. This friendships are so important. That's right. You know, and it is important for me to surround myself with amazing friends and amazing brothers. And I'm going to show you what brotherhood looks like through that's this. Right. You know, yeah. and so that's it's it's easy because I we we could see Scott kind of his his spirit was getting beaten down a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we were able to speak into that and. Um, it's easy to do, man. It's so easy to get beat up by things that the Lord actually just wants to show us like what this is all about. Cause it's, yeah, man, every good opportunity, yeah. there's a, a counterfeit for something negative, man. That's it's, true. Yeah. Okay. Another thing that you, you can't miss when you go into your church, um, is Ryan's worship. Ephesians 4.11. 12. 4.12. 
411. 412 was on the wall. Is it? Yeah. But it follows. 412 follows 411. We have 12 because of 11. (laughs) (laughs) One thing you can't miss when you walk into Larned Assembly of God is Ephesians 412. That's right. Which follows 411. That's right. That's the teacher. That's the teacher. We've established that. That's right. (laughs) And it's, you see it. I just believe you see it. Like you see the house that understands the fivefold. Yeah. Gets the fivefold. Um, I don't know the details on how it's functioning within your church. I just know that that's a passion on your heart. Yes. Uh, and I want to, Scotty and I are, we're uh, in a process of just running with some dudes who are going after this and we love we, it. We really believe in it. And we've brought up the fivefold a lot of times on this podcast, whether people know what that even is or not, we've defined it the best we know how. To you, Ryan Webster, what does the fivefold ministry look like today for the church? That's good. Okay, so how I've defined it, if you will, so I grew up in a in a time where those fivefold gifts were being abused. We would have people that would come into the church and say, "I'm prophet so and so, or I'm evangelist so and so, or I'm the apostle of this or that," and they would come in and they would mess in areas that that man, it hurt the church more than enhanced the church. And so I think we went to a generation or a a time where a culture was established where we would run away from anything that had the word apostle or the word prophet as a title. We still welcome the evangelist. Uh, we wanted revivals. Uh, we still welcome the idea of, of the pastor and yeah. the teacher. So coming to that place of understanding that, what is that meaning for today? And of course, we can read Ephesians 4, and it says it's gifts that Jesus gave to the church. So if he is giving them to the church, what's it mean? So I operate in this. They are anointings that he is operating in today. So the apostolic anointing, that is entrepreneurial leadership. It's the ability to see what's around you, where God's wanting to go, and even the ability to see five, ten years down the road. So apostles, you know, are if they're the hierarchy in that in that tower, that triangle, if you will, they're the ones that are able to see that. And then they're, they're, I think the apostle also has the privilege of being fathers. Okay, and because if you yes. if you're an apostle and you're not fathering, look just look at the role that Paul played in Timothy's life. How many times did he call him? You're my spiritual son. You're my yeah. spiritual son. So the apostle uh, anointing is also a fathering anointing. It's a leadership. But the prophetic anointing uh, or the prophetic gift that God's given to the church, that's the ability to speak the word of God. And then mm-hmm. the, the now word, right? It's that that moment where just even yesterday I had my 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 typical four-point sermon and uh, yesterday. I just loved it. But when I got to that fourth point, all of a sudden I felt this Spirit of God go wham and hit. And I went in this direction. I told my wife when I got home, I didn't have any notes for this. And it to me, that's the prophetic anointing mm-hmm. word. You're truly speaking the now word of God, the pastoral anointing, if you will. That's the shepherd. That's the caring aspect. That's the love aspect of the church, the evangelist. You know, listen, I, I think any person not wanting the evangelical anointing, that's where we get to see people's lives change. I mean, I, sorry, I'm, I'm going to go back to you. What wrecked me more anything last year at the revival was watching you baptize people, dude. There was something that was going on in your heart, in your eyes. I saw it. It was like, 
Oof, these people came to know Jesus. We're going to follow in his example. That's an anointing that I see on your life. So go, I keep going after that anointing. And then the teaching anointing, that, that, that would probably be the, the gift that I go after the most. I love to teach. I was raised by a teacher. My wife had two teachers that raised her. That's just, that, that's part of our culture. That's part of our house. My favorite thing is to teach, whether it's woodworking or teach my kids hunting. But I, I look at that fivefold as anointings that come on the church and sometimes they come on different people. Listen, I think in all of our lives, I think we'd be silly to not want all five at different Mm -hmm. moments. Yeah. Come on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I sometimes think, Oh, we can only have one. No, uh, I'm jealous for all of the gifts Mm, that the Holy spirit wants to give us. So that's how I view it. Jesus was the fivefold. Come on. (laughs) He was, he was. And and the fivefold working in unison is the full manifestation of Christ. Yeah. It's dude, I'm so stoked. I, I haven't listened to the message yesterday that uh, uh you got I, I, yeah. I, I saw where, where you guys yeah. are going, what Jesus is, the fivefold. Uh, I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool just for anybody else who's, who is listening. We're uh, Will Rhodes and, and Buckland Community Church are kind of doing this. First of all, I think it's amazing when you got two pastors of a church that are willing to step down and let somebody else that's cool speak. That yes. to me, that's honor and that's yes like the first step in like stepping into something new. And I think that's great. So like Scotty's going to be taking the pulpit at Will Rhodes at one point. Jason's going to be going to Buckland this week, uh, this week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to be going to Buckland going. this week. Um, Chris Hagen is going to be also going back and forth and just talking about the different aspects of, of what we feel uh, the anointing that we're in for the fivefold. And it's 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 very exciting. Wasn't there a TV show called like it's like you guys are doing wife swap, but yeah, preacher swap. swap. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> Love it. That's the cool thing about hard. it to me is is the thirty mile difference. Like that just doesn't make sense. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. In the natural, it does yes. not make sense. And and I really I really feel like God has just highlighted this this word in my life in the last couple months. Supernatural that we don't serve a natural God. We serve a supernatural God. And and the things that he wants to bestow upon us are going to be attainable when we step out when in something supernatural. Yeah. And I'm looking at this church. I'm looking at our church. And, and both of us hit, you know, I was talking to Jason. Both of us hit pretty good numbers yesterday. I think we were right at 100 people. Like for, and there's 700 people in Buckland. So and I know Will Rhodes is kind of wilderness. So yeah. it's kind of cool to see like God, you know, really birthing this, I don't know, th- this, this anointing over both houses that he's given since we said, okay, we don't have to know what it looks like. We'll do it. I feel like he's like, all right, I'm going to show you. And every step of the way, I'm going to be there. Will Rhodes, Will Rhodes online giving quadrupled that day. That's crazy. Just, just from a simple act of like, yes, Lord, we're going to do this moving forward. And we're just seeing fruit already after like the first rollout. Thing. That's nuts. Yeah, it was yeah. cool. It was wow. Cool. Yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, so man, I, I yeah, we honor that. We really honor that that aspect of ministry. That that uh, and and I and I went into this a little bit yesterday. I kind of alluded to the fact: what if the church at large, um, even in America at large, understood those offices and how they function together? Like, what if every church was like, hey, you know what, man? This thing was written in the Bible. Maybe we, maybe we should at least try it, and then just to see what the what kind of fruit could come with with that or from that, you know. And it, 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 I think I think the enemy would just 
not know what to do with it. You can, know? I, can I mess with you? Please. Okay. I believe the the apostolic anointing is here and it's going to come stronger and we're going to see it in greater measures the more yeah. persecution that we see in America. Yeah. We've hardly, we're just, it's silly to even say that we're experiencing it. We're on the cusp of it because I think because the church is not standing up enough to uh, to do what we're called to do in mm-hmm. this day and age in America. We're seeing it all around the world. But the apostolic anointing, when we read through the book of Acts, it really was, I don't want to say it was birthed with Paul, but what Paul was doing to the church and how God completely wrecked his life, changed them there on that road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, that that apostolic anointing came on him, but we see some of the greatest persecutions in the Mm -hmm. next two to 300 years that the church had ever seen and what was happening yeah. Numbers, numbers. And it, it, dude, it wasn't, it wasn't addition. It was multiplication. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go from 3000 in Acts uh, chapter two, do you go to 4,000 in Acts chapter four? By the time you hit Acts chapter nine, the entire town of Ephesus came to know Jesus. That was a town back then of 200,000. Yeah. So the apostolic anointing brings multiplication, but mm-hmm. in the middle of that multiplication, people are trying to do everything to bring persecution into the world. So here's my heart. I, I don't think we should be afraid of whatever the enemy is trying to do. I think yeah. we should begin to run in that and not be afraid and say all right bring what you got because <laughs> i i know what i got yeah come on so and i'm not trying to mess but with with that apostolic anointing comes the other yeah. side of the enemy doesn't want this to happen yeah. he's going to do everything he can especially in the day and the age that we are living in today mm. yeah that's good i let me that's i I, I got my bible up in here and this the the preacher's coming out. <laughs> you have the fivefold in Acts four eleven, but the Acts four twelve says this: their responsibility, mm. and I, and I think that that's key even now in this moment, especially with what you guys are are believing that God's doing in in this region. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, to build up the church, the body of Christ. So in the midst of that, we can't neglect it. We could, ooh, I got the fivefold, woo But your responsibility yeah. is to build up the church. And I know that's your guys' heart. Mm-hmm. But I think so often we we skirt our responsibility. And that that even goes, like, I was sitting there thinking of how this, this is full circle. It goes back to what I was talking about in Judges 2.10. The generation after Joshua didn't know who God was. Why? Because they didn't equip the next generation. Mm-hmm. So I think that is why what we're talking about is so critical. Wow, the, fa- the fathering aspect, the apostolic anointing uh, that God wants to bring to the church is that he's going to wow. raise up another generation to proclaim who Jesus is. Yeah. And I love that hat. That's it's, so good. It's almost like we, you know, we were talking about that deficit, that fathering, almost like it skipped a generation. Like there's a, there's a generation now of fatherless leaders that are out there. It's almost like what we lost was the apostolic model. Boom. It's there almost you, like that's good. as the opposite apostolic model has dwindled and or vanished or gone away. So has the fathering. So that's has, good. That's yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing a correlation. Yeah, there. me that's too. Really cool. I see that. Just yeah. yeah. I, you said something about the church, you know, taking on persecution, and I, and I love the fact that all through the Bible, um, the church has been the anvil. It it just takes a beating, but it you know it really doesn't go anywhere. I mean, there, these what the enemy has made for bad, God will ultimately make for good. Like 
Ray Sturdivant said it best. Like he'll take the devil's stick and beat him with it. He'll take his own stick and yeah. beat him with it. And I really see no, that for, you know, because if, if we hone in and we listen to all the things around us, you're going to get more negative feedback than you are positive, especially if you turn your TV on and go right to Fox News in the morning or CNN. You're going to get the worst, you know, how much is true, we don't really know. But if we ho- if we hone into the real voice, the true voice, the voice of the shepherd, it's the first thing we do, then our day has already started in, um, in, a, in an anointed way. We can already go with what he's already gifted us with and say, you know what, whatever the day brings against me as a church, as a part of the church, I know I, ha- I know where my victory comes from. I know like who I walk with. I know who yes. walks with me, most importantly. And I really feel like the church is is getting that. I, I mean, you, you just, I just watch these different, these different uh, churches from East Coast to West Coast, the things that are going on, you know, out in Bethel and, and then out, you know, even on the East side with Elevation and, and you know, up North, they kind of got Judah Smith and his thing going on, but there's just some other names, you know, Dallas is right now, Dallas is just booming. Oh yeah. Like you're seeing Dallas, Texas just go wild with Jesus. And, and I really think that I'm not saying there's nothing here, but I really feel like this is this is our job to steward this region. What's going to happen? Like God's going to do that. He's birthing fathers that are going to father spiritual sons, man, and it's coming. And the apostolic, like you said, the anointing is something that that God gives. Yes. And whether it's skipped a generation or not, I I just really believe that you know God put the word harvest on my heart last last year. Just. The harvest is ready, man. The workers are few. The harvest is ready. The workers are few. And so now what you're seeing is, is a generation of people that are no, duly noting their roles, first of all. Like, they're coming to the, the knowledge of this is my role. This is my lane. And when you see that, when you see the knowledge of where my, where my spot is and what I'm supposed to do, and then God's people working in unison to see that thing happen. I mean, I'm just like, dude, I'm so stoked for what's next. Like, this next season, this next harvest, this this next place where where Holy Spirit wants to take us, I just get giddy about it, man. And I'm not talking about like I'm looking for, you know, a pay raise or an upgrade in, you know, the physical. I, I want, like you said, man, I want all the gifts the Holy Spirit's wanting to give me. Right. Every single one of them. Right. So well, I, and when that happens, we're gonna start seeing the the anvil strike back. Yes. You know, you you mentioned that the gates of hell won't withstand. <clears throat> won't withstand what? A push from the kingdom. So the mm-hmm. kingdom's moving forward, right? I mean, there's, we get yeah. so, we, we're so reactive anymore as the church, you know, we're reacting to what the enemy is trying to do. We instead serve of a proactive God. We're actually called to go forward. <laughs> right. You know, and, I think about that um, with, I get this vision about the church storming the gates of hell. And I think about like the old school movies, you know, like the Anglo-Saxon period where, where they have those big, those big tree trunks, and they just ram right through the gates through of the these door. places, the fort, these fortified cities that they're taking over. Like when God, you know, positioned his people take over this city, that's exactly what I envision. Like he's given us the right to take over the dominion of the things that were taken from us all the way back in the garden. Like all the way back in the garden, God has given us dominion. I, he said before that, I've given man dominion over all this stuff. So what I think we're seeing now is a church understanding the concept that despite what the enemy has, it doesn't matter because we know the one who fights with us is, is bigger than the one in the world. Like he's against me. doesn't matter because I know the one who's with me. And I just feel like the church is, it's not that they've dropped the ball because here's the thing, man. Like 
you have many people that never get any recognition for anything. I'm talking prayer warriors that are on their exactly. faces for their pastors and their churches every day. Like they set time aside from 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. Like this is, I'm on my face. I'm interceding for my pastor. I'm interceding for my church. I'm interceding for my city. I got this this email from this guy I met um, in Enid a couple weeks ago. The spirit of God was just so tangible on him. And I was like, man, I don't know what. A-. So anyway, my wife and I engage conversation. He sees her shirt. Her shirt says, like, all I need today is a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus, Jesus. or something, <laughs> which is my wife to a T. But he's like, I love your shirt. We start engaging conversation. Well, we're having church right there in Walmart and Enid praying, like prophesying over each other, praying. And then all of a sudden we get in contact. He sends me this Jericho prayer. This man drives around the city of Enid. And praise the Jericho, a prayer that God had given him. He prays it around his city. And um, when he's done, Enid's kind of set up. There's two main intersections that come through it. it. It forms a cross by the time he's done. He runs to the middle and he runs to the outside for the circle. And then he runs to the cross in the middle. And he prays this prayer over his city. So though, I guess all I say is with that, like those are the people that we're not hearing about, man. And, and those are the people that are really changing the atmosphere of the cities that they live in. It's amazing. You you can uh, ask the people in my church. I have the entire history of every person that pastored at Larned the Assembly of God. And oops, I banged the table. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oops. Rule number one. Rule Strike number one. one. <laughs> but my favorite favorite time period was during World War Two, and this is what it says: an unknown group of women. And I love that because they don't need name recognition. Yeah. The men. We're off to war. And who was leading LAG? A group of unknown women. And because of that unknown group of women, we're still experiencing what God wants to do today. Man, that's so good what you just said. It, it is. Yeah, that's good. I was having, we were having a conversation with a group of us the other day talking about just what it would look like to kind of start a ministry and the things that would be necessary. And very first thing on my heart was intercessors, man. Like, if you don't have powerful intercessors for something, we're not going to see the next thing. And in my, in my opinion, I've seen so many um, moves of God that came from those unknown groups of, unfortunately, usually women. I wish men <laughs> Come understood. <on. laughs> I wish men better understood the idea of intercession. And uh, I- anyway, well, think it, about what Jesus yeah. said. He, I, I just told Jared this yesterday after church, and and it's something that I, I don't know where he's going to take it, but yeah. He's not called us to be a house of worship. He's not called us to be a house of preaching. He's called us to be a house of prayer. Prayer, And out of that prayer, I think the worship flows. Out of that prayer, I think the preaching flows. Out of that prayer, I think the anointing flows. But we got to be willing to go to that place of prayer. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. I, I love I love the scripture where where Mary pours, you know, the anointing nard on his feet. And, like, he looks at Martha and says... Mary did what was right. Oh yeah. Like how convicting is that? Like Mary did. And I, and I did some research on that, man. That was like three years wage. Yes. That one jar, three years wage. And he knew her heart was just to honor her King. And I think that's the kind of people that I, I just envisioned those kind of people on their knees at night, praying for their churches and praying for their communities and praying for their pastors. Those are, those are the kind of people that I think God is saying over. Praying they for did breakthrough. What's right. Yeah, that's good. I love the intercessor, man. Yeah. Like uh, you said it, I don't think the church functions without the intercessor, nope. man. It just doesn't. Yeah. The the Patty Craigheads, man. Yeah. Th- those those kind of people, man. Like 
Uh, my yep. mom. Yeah. I know she's an inter- intercessor, man. And Mary Harden. I know there's just some people that in my corner that. And it's those same people that they don't think that they have a role a lot of times in their, in their mind and their heart. They don't, they think almost have this mindset of like, this is all I got. I'll give what I got. And it's that leader's job to showcase mm-hmm. that is so important, you That's know, right. and because so many people have a desire to, I believe to ha- have a desire to take on other people's burdens and take on, you know, the, that responsibility. They're just not told how important that is. That's right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a good leader, man. You, you said it earlier. Can find the golden people, pull it out. That's that's my job as a right. as, as a prophet is to to see, not just steward my heart, but steward your heart. That's right. And that's that's good. That's good, man. That's good, dude. Is there anything else that you had that you'd like to talk about? Man, I had so much stuff. I wrote <laughs> it down. Are we? <laughs> it flies, huh? Oh, dude, dude well, where are we at? About an hour. Are you serious? Almost <laughs> an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I the, I want to read a verse that's been yeah, re- I want re- wrecking me, all right? Yeah. And and I think this is for the three of us and Jared behind us. Romans 8, 19, it says this, for the creation waits. Oh, that's you're with my, me. That's is my that, verse. That's that, dude. That. Okay. <laughs> he says it. He, re- he reads this verse almost every Are you week. serious? Yeah. yeah. No, okay, well, then, then, for the creation waits eager with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. And what a sons need, sons need. Yeah. They need a father. Yeah. We're waiting. And I, I even went and looked what the King James said. It says, waiting for the manifestation mm. of the sons. Where's that coming from? It's coming from the father. And then, but if you go on, and I, I just, this is where I went. Creation is ready to be set free. This is verse 21. It's ready to be set free from bondage so that we can obtain freedom of the glory. And what's he waiting for? He's waiting for sons. Sons need to have fathers. Father is ready to pour out. Verse 22, creation is groaning mm-hmm. and ready to give birth. Verse 23, not just creation, but we're groaning to be adopted as sons. So mm-hmm. what's the world needing? The world's needing a lot more sons that need to be father. In verse 24, for in this hope, we are saved. That's mm-hmm. good. Man, I I, it, I don't know. I'll say about a year ago, this verse just just popped out at us in fact i'm uh, i'm finishing up a series right now and i'm getting ready to do a series just on romans 8 and part of it is because of that verse creation is longing creation is groaning creation the things that god created that he put into place is longing for the sons to step up sons that are willing to be fathered sons that are allowing the holy spirit to anoint them and do what they're called to do whether it's in a Little town of Buckland, 700 people. Dude, if you had 100, you know what that means. I, I love looking at percentages. Come on. That is so awesome. You are making an impact so strategically in your kingdom. Uh, and whether it's Larner, whether it's Dot City, it doesn't matter. But there's a regional impact that God is trying to do. And I think it's cool. I, I, I still go back to that moment that... We can say it was about the Dodge City Revival, but I think God was bringing some hearts together that yeah, needed to be yep. coming together. Yeah, yep. I agree. I, man. I, we've been saying that all, for a while now, that the kingdom alignment, God's God's bringing together, and he's been doing it for a year, been doing it for two years, whatever. Yep. It's been longer than that. He's, he steered me into a direction and, and into a season where I had to experience some things and was introduced to some people and some other hearts. And I'm completely in a different place right That's now. Right. So he he allowed me to step in and step out of a place just for this moment. You said it before, man, for such a time as this. Such a time. You know, and I'm fully embracing this such a time. You know, <laughs> it's good. 
That's, That's good. good. Scotty, you got anything else for Mr. for Reverend Reverend Webster? Reverend Webster. Man, I I, I just it's an honor to to sit in the presence, man, of I just feel like God's glory is here, man. I feel like um he's he's calling us for such a time as this, yes. man. And and in Romans eight nineteen, man, the whole yeah. world's waiting for waiting. us to manifest what we got. How are they waiting, <laughs> Scott? Whew, with, with outstretched necks, there man. You go. They're like yeah. they're waiting to see something they've never seen before yeah. and um or experienced yeah. before. And it's God, man. Jesus is in it. It's it's just chasing him with a love abandon. I really love Ryan's heart for community, dude. Like mm. that to me. Man, I can get up under that. Like, I can honor that for sure, man. Like, he's just got a heart for people and not just in a pastoral role, but in a dad role and a husband role, man. Like, he's, you're doing it, man. Like, and I know, I know it's God. I know, I know all glory is his, but you're being obedient to what he's called you to do, bro. And you're just seeing, you're seeing, we're getting to witness Mm. from miles away the, the fruit of, of an obedient son. Yeah. For sure. So you're not you're not old enough to be our natural father. You're no. close. No. I'll but take you're not him as old enough to be our natural any day, father. Man. But you are absolutely yeah. a spiritual father to what's going on here in Dodge and yeah. in this in this area. Like we're we're whether you like it or not, we are we have been anticipating and we have been waiting with outstretched necks and we are relying on you and looking toward to you as a father. So take it or leave it. That's the way it is, dude. I, I, I this is my home. Yeah, I know where I know Larned is my home. That's where I'm at. It's where he's called me to. But I I grieve, and I I think that's the best way to explain it is a father who loves his family grieves at moments over his family. When you see, it's just like the the parable. That's what I preached on at the revival the 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 parable of the lost son. But uh, that father waiting for his son to come back, but Listen, man, we, we just because of our proximity mm-hmm. doesn't stop us for praying for this town, for this mm-hmm. community and the impact. The Lord gave me a, a vision a long time ago. It, it's not just for Dodge or Larned, but it's for Kansas. And I don't know if you ever saw, uh, I know we all did, Bonanza. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. when the, I remember those. It was the map. Yeah. And in that map, there was a fire that started. And what happened to that fire? It began to spread. What we know as modern-day charismatic Pentecost movement started in Kansas. Mm. I still started right at the turn uh, of the century with a bunch of ladies who were praying, and then the Holy Spirit fell, and they experienced (laughs) something that hadn't been experienced in a long time. That is no different than today. It's this fire that God wants to take, and it's a it's a local, it's a regional. I mean, look at Acts one eight when He empowered us. What Jesus said, go into Jerusalem, which is our home, Judea, which is our region, Samaria. That's the place that nobody wants to go, yeah. and then that spreads to the end of the earth. So yeah. I think that's the calling. So, man, I love I love Dodge. It's still it's always going to be my home. We get to we 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 were born in the place of Wyatt Earp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Wild West. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Yeah. All right, Scotty, you wanna you wanna pray us out, bro? Yeah, man. Man, Father, I just I thank you. Uh, I thank you for brotherhood, and I thank yeah. you for family. We're not separated by county lines or miles, Father. You've aligned hearts and you've aligned minds for your glory and for the and for the furtherment of your kingdom. And I just thank you that we're. We're in a place of um, just receptiveness 
that this house, I'm talking about the house's whole God, your bride, that we can receive um, with outstretched arms the greatest gifts because you give off the top. Everything you give is off the overflow. And I thank you um, that you're paving a way. Um, and, and I know we get caught up in regional and Dodge City, but you're literally paving a way for the That's whole right. world, Father. You've, That's right. It's you've good. paved a way for your saints to walk with the authority that you've blessed them with and to see the captives set free and to see souls enter your kingdom. And I just, Father, I just pray for uh, for Ryan, for uh, LAG over there and what's going on. And I just, I thank you, God. I want to say thank you before I ask for anything for them. I want to say thank you um, for what you've done over there. And I want to thank you in advance for what's to come for them. And uh, I just, I thank you for the hearts um, of a father that you've just exuded today in our conversation. And Holy Spirit, I just I just pray that you would always have the room that you desire. We would be very um, adamant about stewarding wherever we're at, that whole room and every inch of the cor- every corner, every inch of the room to your presence. And I just ask for um, just continued res- fresh revelation, yeah. fresh fire and fresh anointing, Father, that um, this this flame, this flame that you're fanning would just grow wildly, um, just wildly, Father, from the inside out, that we would burn from the inside out, God. And uh, we just love you, Father. We love you, Holy Spirit. Jesus, we thank you um, that you finished um, the finishing work that you uh, did on the cross of Calvary for us, that um, your blood separates us from our sin as far as the east is from the west. And I thank you that we can have right standing and, and holy communion with you, God, through through what your son did. And we just honor you, Jesus. We praise you. Anybody out there listening, we just speak blessing over your life. Um, any area that or any struggles that you're dealing with, we just we, we thank you, uh, Holy Spirit, that you are going to be the comforter in those moments. And uh, we love you, Father. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for brotherhood. We thank you for friendship. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Ryan Webster, how can people get a hold of you or LAG? What's the best way to do that? www.larnachurch.com. That's our website. I'm on Facebook. Uh, they can call the church, 620-285-3077. What's your banking account number if they want to give? <laughs> Just kidding. What type? Just kidding. <laughs> thank you guys so much Man, for tuning thank in. You. Ryan, thanks for coming on, bro. We love My you. My pleasure. Scotty, love you guys. We love, love you. And... Uh, Remember, guys, to rate, review, subscribe, and share this episode. Get the word out there. Until next time, be blessed.